Welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. Thanks for checking out the podcast. As always, I like to start off with a little bit of gratitude. So big shout out to all the listeners, especially you, Patreon subscribers. You're amazing. I can't do this podcast without you. There'll be some bonus stuff coming up. And uh, speaking of Patreon, actually, there'll be a piece of the Patreon on today's podcast, and I'll get to that in just a moment. Also, thank you to all the YouTube uh, subscribers, anyone who follows me on any sort of social media platform, whether it be TikTok, Instagram, or what have you. I appreciate you very much. Thank you for that. All right. Today's episode is coming a little late, late, um, coming a little later than normal. Normally, I like to try to have it up in the morning for your morning commute, but I needed time to find a file. I knew I had something that I was holding on to for, it's been one year now, and so last year, this is the one year anniversary, everyone, a uh, frequent guest of the podcast. I believe she had made at least three appearances on the podcast, maybe four, at least three. And that's very funny. Um, sadly, no longer with a Chicago comedian. Um, when I say Chicago comedian, it makes it seem like just in Chicago. No, she was comedian everywhere, but based out of Chicago. And that is comedian Samantha Berkman. She passed away one year ago today from cancer and uh as always fuck cancer right that goes without saying and it was a huge blow to um the anyone who ever knew her that's how special sam was that she lit up a room um and yeah it was really hard and i had her on the podcast about maybe two months before um she died and she handled cancer with such grace and humor which I think was just so wildly important. Um, I interviewed her at a time when, you know, things were crazy in the world overall. You know, she had found out she got cancer, and then a couple of weeks later, COVID hit. So we had a lot of like fun talking about what that was like. It's weird to say you had fun talking about cancer, but you know, you did. We did, and um, you know, death has really been an unfortunate reoccurrence on this podcast. You know, my father died at the end of January and I'm still dealing with that, which I imagine I will be for a very, very long time, but I'm in a place where, um, don't get me wrong. The sadness washes over me a lot, a lot, but I'm quicker to remember the great times. Think of the positive. And there's so many great times. It was, you know, mostly great times. I'm not trying to heck like you wasn't without flaws. Every person is, but it was, um, I mean, the guy was just the best. So like, I, I, I think more to whenever I start to feel that I, just, I try to focus on the good shit and, um, and, and there's ways to do that. If anyone, you know, what I've been doing a lot lately. If anyone has any, if you're experiencing grief right now, I find maybe it's a little nostalgia part of it, but people got to stop acting like nostalgia is a bad thing. It's not, <laughs> it's really not now living in the past and refusing to move forward. That can be a bad thing, but looking back on the past fondly and enjoying that and like that experience, that's not a bad thing. Why would like, why would that be a bad thing? Obviously if it shapes your whole personality where you're a guy that's constantly like, Oh, you know, it was the fucking shit, the eighties dude. Like, you then it's all right, let's ee, this guy's boring to be around, you know, but to go back on certain things and be like, Oh, this is amazing. You know, like I, I believe I talked about the, the new show reacher recently. It's on Amazon prime. And my dad loved the books. Like most people who love the books, they were annoyed with the Tom Cruise casting for the movies. The Jack Reacher movies starred Tom Cruise. I believe they made two of them. 
Now, Tom Cruise is a good actor, you know, movie star. Hard to deny that. A little bit of a weirdo, but seems, you know, he's a star. You can't deny that. He's been in some great, great movies. He's five, seven, maybe. I don't know. And I'm not knocking short dudes. If you're a short dude out there, hey, man, it's all good, right? I think you live longer, I heard, right? Probably have less back pain. I don't know, right? You could do some cool shit. You could do like a Hurricane Rana, right? Think about the pro wrestling moves. That, that if you're five seven, you could be like a cruiserweight and do some awesome shit from the top rope. A guy like me, you know what I mean? I can't really do that stuff because I'm like I'm I'm not tall for a pro wrestler, but I'm tall for the average human. Like in pro wrestling, you either want to be like a six ten, like a fucking giant, right? Or you want to be one of those little dudes who could do all sorts of cool flips. That's how I view it. And guys like you know six one, I can't. I don't know. Maybe I could do some cool shit. What am I talking about, man? Fucking do a swinging backbreaker from the top rope. What's up? So what I mean by that, though, is I'm not knocking height. I want to be clear about that. Unless you're a little bitch. And then I'll tell you, you know, don't let your height define you because now you're being a little bitch. But I bring it up because in the books, Jack Reacher's 6'5". That's why this TV series was so people loved it because they cast an actor who's built like a brick shithouse. Forget this guy, Alan Richton, I think his name is. Dude's ripped. He's jacked. Delivers the lines well. Good actor as well. So anyway, I bring that up because I was over at um, the house. You know, um, it's weird. I used to call it my parents' house because, but only one parent lives there now. It's just my stepmom. And um, I, we were, I was looking through some stuff because uh, she was asking me if I wanted his desk. And I opened up the desk. It's one of those desks that had the old school roll thing, you know. And I, I unroll it. What's there? Boom! A Jack Reacher novel. And I was like, all right, I got to read this. This is too cool. I was just, my wife and I just watched the show. I was thinking about how much you would love it. Like, see that, those are the things. Um, so if you're, if you're going through grief, look for the things that remind you in the happiest ways of the person you're grieving. I, that's, that's worked for me pretty good. Um, every now and then though, it makes me think like, damn, like I, I came across this movie on Amazon prime. If you're looking for a good, just mindless, raunchy eighties comedy, cause that was the eighties as a whole. The entire 80s was movies, comedy movies, that is, where it's just dudes like, I want to see some nipple. Who's got nips we could see? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. And they would always do that, too. They'd say, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, I'm going to see some titties like that. They were really jazzed about it because porn wasn't readily available back then. You had to buy it in shame. You know, you had to go to like a store that had like a secret shame section where it's like go through that dark room right there. And hopefully no one's jerking off in there. And you you buy porn. That was in VHS tapes that was way bigger than regular VHS. Those of us who grew up on VHS know there was a standard size tape. Then there was the Disney size, which were bigger because Disney's like, we're fucking special. And then there was porno size, which was not fitting on anyone's shelf. It was the size of an encyclopedia. And you're just like, fucking. not that you would display that, but they had to make it even more shameful. So there's none of that around. So that's why every 80s comedy movie, starting with the late 70s probably, was like, how do we throw as many gratuitous boob shots in as possible? And it made it seem like every boy from the age of 14 to even older, 38 in these movies, 40, were just constantly on the prowl for some slamming tits to look at. Right? There, there's always a scene where they're like, I'm, I'm looking into the girl's shower. There's always a scene where it's like, I'm climbing up on a tree. I got to look in there. It was constant because they just weren't seeing them now. You know what I mean? Now I see breasts all the time 
And it's so readily available on your phone or just the internet in general, TV, HBO Max, yeah, Cinemax, any Max, you're going to see the Max, Saved by the Bell. I think you probably see some, some, some nice areolas. So I don't even, if I'm driving and there's just a girl walking bare-breasted, I probably don't even do a double take, you know? Um, that's not true. I'm probably crashing, but I'd feel stupid afterwards. Like as, as I got into the crash and people are taking, you know, police are there, maybe an ambulance is there, but I'm okay. I'm okay. And they're like, what happened? I'd be like, oh, dude, I saw some boobs. They'd be like, what are you eight? You saw boobs. So you crashed your car. What the fuck? Like it'd be so it'd be the shame that they experienced trying to find naked women in the early eighties. So anyway, that's what these movies were about. And the movie I came across was one called Up the Creek, which I remembered watching with my dad. Looking back, I was probably too young, but I was probably like, Dad, I want to watch a movie with you. And he's like, I rented this. And back then, you had 24 hours to watch a movie if you rented it. Otherwise, it was going to cost you a mortgage. You know, it was expensive to rent back then. This wasn't even Blockbuster View. This was something called West Coast Video. I don't even know if that was nationwide. And so he's like, oh, it's Up the Creek. You know, it's with Tim Matheson. And I remember it from Animal House, another movie I probably saw too young. So I was probably like five or six. Uh, the movie had come out in 1984, but, you know, he's renting it like six years later. And it's about these four dudes who are in college, the worst college students ever, and they got to win a river rap rapids competition. Like, you know, they're on rafts, and it's, it's I don't know what, what they'd call that, but they're going down this crazy river, and they have to win the competition. And the rich people, the rich kids who are, of course, all rapists and douchebags, they're basically cheating in a way where you're like, how the fuck are they getting away with this? Every cheating move they did was borderline attempted murder in the movie Up the Creek. They literally shot a missile at another person's raft. Totally fine. It's 1984. This is Reagan's America, baby. Who gives a fuck, right? And um, so anyway, I was watching that movie, and I decided to Wikipedia. So my dad wasn't an internet guy at all. I liked, if I watch an old movie especially, and I think, wow, what the hell else has that person been in? I Wikipedia it. That's where I'm starting to get sad when I sometimes watch some of the stuff. Because through Wikipedia, I'll find out, that actor is the father of this current actor. Like the guy who played the nerdy guy, you know, it's a group of four. There's always one nerd. And the guy who was the nerd in the good guys group, he's the father of one of the nerds on the big bang theory. And I think that'd be something my dad and I would share to laugh about where it's like, man, it's just in their genes to play nerds their whole lives. Right. Uh, st little stuff like that. He always got a kick out of because he always liked to discover like, you know, this guy, um, like the guy, like the movie Tarzan, the guy who played Tarzan, um, was from Chicago and was, uh, went to like Lane Tech High School, which is a big high school in the rest of Chicago and was, uh, in the Olympic swimmer then used to swim at Porridge Park, which was right by where I grew up. Like stuff, like, like fun facts. I mean, he was just, he was a huge Jeopardy fan. So of course that goes in line. These trivia guys always like fun facts too. So then I get a little bit like, ah, oh, damn, I wish I would have found out this piece of information when he was still alive. We would have gotten a kick out of that, you know? So then you get a little bit, um, bummed out somewhat, um, somewhat, I should say. And, um, but yeah, death has come up a lot throughout the year with the podcast. And we opened up January with Bob Saget, Louis Anderson, um, Norm MacDonald. Like there's a few, there's, I think that was all right around that time. So yeah. And then, you know, my father died at the end of that month. And, um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where whenever someone close to me dies, um, it, it really just makes you restock life and what's important and what your focus should be on. And man, I think I'm doing a lot better at that. I really do. Sometimes I get sucked into some stupid time waster things. And, um, but so far I've been enjoying the hell of this nice weather. So I've been sitting outside. Sometimes I'll just be like, you know, what? I'm gonna sit outside. That's stuff I used to never do. 
you know, because you, you don't want to slap your arms a bunch because there's mosquitoes everywhere. But I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to make an effort to enjoy this summer as best as I can uh, because some it goes too soon. Summer goes way too soon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I brought up Sam because I found um, shortly after she, she'd passed, I remembered maybe it was like a few weeks after she'd passed. I remember that we did a, a bonus podcast for the Patreon. We did like bonus time which was something I was doing for a stretch there. And uh, it was about 15 minutes where I talked to her a little bit. And I remember being like, oh, I should release this. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll hold off. I'll release it down the road. And again, for someone who was fighting cancer so bravely and just in such a, like just with so much class and, you know, grace and elegance and all, all those words that mean the same thing probably. Uh, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to hold off on this. Maybe this will be a nice treat for everybody. If I do it, like maybe around the one year anniversary or something like that, her birthday just passed, she'd have been 31. Um, yeah. So I was trying to think like, when, when would be the best time to release this? Cause you know, as a fan of music and, and other people, um, you know, like whenever like there's like an interview from an actor that resurfaces after they pass, it's kind of a nice treat because, um, you know, I got a voicemail from my dad that it's on my phone. I'm going to keep on my phone every now and then I get to listen to his voice again, which is great. And, uh, you know, he didn't grow up in an era where everything was filmed and there's not a million photos of all of us together. I think it's, we're just living. That's something like I kind of look back on regretting a little bit. I'm like, man, I don't have a ton of photos with me and my dad. Like I'd gone to a million sporting events with my dad. I don't think there's any photos of us because a lot of times it's just me and him. And this wasn't the cell phone age where it's like, Hey, snap a photo of us. There's one picture of me and him together at a Dodgers game or two pictures. Uh, when he'd come up to visit in LA. I was living there, but I mean, we went to hundreds of Cubs games together and there's not a single one and it's a bummer, but you know, we were present and being present's great. And, you know, I've got the memories in my head and in my heart. So I'm happy with that. But, uh, like, I love it when, you know, you got a band that you love, like like Nirvana is a great example because they're clearly not together anymore, but every now and then they're like, Ooh, a new demo has resurfaced. Someone found it in a warehouse in Seattle. And it's like, all right, cool. Hey, there's still shit we haven't heard, which is nice. You ever have a TV show that you love and it goes off the air and you discover, wait, there's like three or four episodes I've never seen. I guess nowadays we don't have that because we binge everything. I remember when Seinfeld ended in 1998, I through reruns, I discovered there was an episode I hadn't seen. And that got me so excited because I was like, oh, fuck yeah. It's just like a new joy for me. This is great. I get to experience something that everyone else did back then, but it's, it's still new to me, which I kind of like, you know, every now and then I'll. You know, like I got, I was late in the game on certain types of food and everyone's like, oh man, you were missing out. I'm like, no, see, I'm excited about it still. You've already taken it for granted. I'm digging sushi now. I love it. And they're like, well, yeah, but you could have been enjoying it all that time. I'm like, yeah, but it's nice to hold some stuff off. It's nice that I get to get excited about something after it's died down for everyone else. And it's still new to me. I, it's just, I don't think it matters when you like something, as long as you get into it and you enjoy it. Right. Who cares when it, when it is, when it happens, I should say, um, yeah, I'm trying to, it's weird when I talk about death because I never know what the tone I want to use because I'm like, I'm a comedian. I don't want to be too serious and it shouldn't be a bummer. Um, but yeah, you know, as always, just try to tell the people you love them, you love them. You know, Sam was taken way, way too young from cancer. My father was taken too young, uh, granted 67 for a lot of people is a good run. I wish Sam would have gotten to 67. I wish we'd gotten to 100. Um, and I wish my dad would have gotten to 100. So uh, both different ways, you know, with cancer, it sucks because you could almost you pre- mentally prepare yourself for it, uh, especially since you had stage four and um, you're kind of like the odds are stacked against it and you don't know how to handle it still. But you could 
kind of figure it out. Um, I think I've talked, maybe I've mentioned this to friends and it's weird with the way you want to die as a person. Uh, it sucks for everyone around you. Let that sink in for a second. The way you want to die sucks for everyone else. Cause the way you would want to die, I got to imagine most people want to die peacefully in their sleep, right? No pain. You don't want to be hooked up to machines and hospital beds and go through chemo and just all this agony, right? No one wants to go out that way, but that way is nice for the people around you because they can mentally prepare themselves for the loss of someone they love greatly, you know, where when you die suddenly, unexpectedly, peacefully, again, great for you, but it sucks for the people around you because they didn't get to say goodbye. They didn't get to start to come to terms with it. You know, they didn't get to be like, oh my God, you're like, if I found out I was dying six months from now, if a doctor said you got six months to live, I would be living at the fuck up the next six months. You know, I don't know what my dad did the night before he passed. I probably ask, you know, and find out, but I, I saw him the Tuesday before he came over to the house, brought some donuts, played, uh, ice breakers with his grandsons, which is this game where you hammer out ice cubes, but whoever makes the penguin fall through loses, you know, had some fun. Was, and we, we, me and him talked about football cause the, the NFL playoffs were going on and we even talked about Saturday night live. And so that, that was great. Um, but if it was the last time I would have been like, I got a lot of things to thank you for and tell you how much I love you and all that. Right. God, I'm getting deep all of a sudden. This isn't, this isn't like me, everybody. You guys caught me at the right time. So, um, so yeah, that's the bitch of it. Right. I remember talking about this with a few friends where I'm like, we all agreed the way we'd want to go is peacefully. Right. You'd want to, you know, no one wants to get their head decapitated in a car accident. That's sudden too. But if you're going to, if you're going to go suddenly, you'd want it to be peacefully in your sleep. And then one of my idiot friends was like, dude, I want to go out having sex. I'm like, yeah, that sounds great for you. But think about the person you're having sex with. You just ruined sex for them, you selfish fuck. Because now every time the next time they bang, they're gonna be like, shit, is this person gonna die on me? The last time I had sex, this person died on me. I don't want, I don't want to be, you know what I mean? I don't want my vagina killing people, right? That's what they're gonna be thinking. So yeah, it's something to chew on. <laughs> is that a good time as any to segue into what I got? So I got about 13 minutes of bonus content that was available only on the Patreon. I now want to present it to everyone out there. Hopefully a lot of Sam's friends get to hear it because I asked her a question and her answer is, uh, it made me cry when I listened to the playback of it. Um, so yeah, to Toby McMullen, a uh, great dude who's Sam's boyfriend, um, and to Sam's entire family, just, um, and then all of her friends and, and family, Sam was the absolute best. We all know that. And, um, let's, when we think of Sam, let's always think of that, the happy, positive times to help us get through our sadness and sorrow. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast and enjoy uh, this little interview I have with the late, great Samantha Berkman. Cheers. All right. Let's do a little bonus. Um, I forgot to put this up against the uh, along the screen. Everyone follow Samantha on Instagram. That's Samantha underscore Berkman. Um, Samantha, I I can't thank you enough for being so open with what you're going through on the podcast. Um, It's hard to hide. Hard to hide. Yeah. (laughs) But I do Literally. think, um, yeah, you have to just flick that little tumor off your neck. I do. I pick at it, but it doesn't go away. I, just, I, would, I, I try I would, to pick at it. Grow your fingers and nails out longer, and then you, you could get it. So disgusting. Okay, finish I your podcast. The world how important humor is, though. And, and hopefully anyone listening who might have cancer or, or know someone who's going through cancer, uh, you know, you, you can beat it. I, I'm the only one. Do ever had cancer and ever will the only person
I love that. I still love it. You son of a bitch stealing goddamn COVID, stealing my fucking cancer limelight. It's about me, not you. <laughs> Is that TikTok? <laughs> yeah. No, TikTok's a lot of dances like this, where it's like oh, hand dances. Is that what you do? <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to see you do this for real. Uh, maybe Just I'll get a dance. Going. I would love uh, that. I'm running out of stand-up clips to share. Which is my bread and butter on TikTok. So I think I might just switch it up a little bit to do a dance or two. Do a little dance. Do a little dance. All right. All right. So everyone, follow Samantha on Instagram. That's Samantha underscore Berkman. Sam, thanks so much. You are Thank amazing. Thank you for having me. You're and amazing, Joe. You're going to kick this thing in the dick. Thank you. I will try. Girl power. <laughs> Girl power. Bye, All right, we're gonna find out. Uh, to subscribe to the Patreon to find out Samantha Berkman's uh, favorite Spice Girl. All right. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna cut there. So we're still recording. 104. I'll just for a few minutes. We gotta tell everyone what's your favorite Spice Girl. Let's lead off right there. Favorite Spice Girl has got to be Sporty Spice, which you probably would not think based on any of my interests. But I really liked her ponytail and her windbreaker pants. Those pants were huge in the late 90s when you were seven. And I was 40, <laughs> according to you. Um, they had the unsnaps. You could snap them off. Yeah, dude. Breakaways, baby. Which I wish I would have worn in high school because then it would have made hooking up fun. <laughs> it wasn't fun. Well, no, it was still fun. But how cool would it be, you know, 17-year-old Joe being like, what's up, babe? And then unsnapping the pants. When it's time. <laughs> I used to play uh, basketball for my church, um, but I never understood the rules or how to like play. So I had the breakaway pants. I had the whole. I did that with everything: basketball, field hockey, lacrosse. I would always get the uniform, get the windbreakers, get the team <laughs> sweatshirt, and then quit. <laughs> I <laughs> just never play because I was so bad. You were into the merch. Of course. That's my whole thing. I got Village Tap, merch. Mario, all merch. I've never ever been to the Village Tap. I've never played Mario. I just love being in the, the fashion zeitgeist. Yeah, I love gear. <laughs> That's one slang in like England and Ireland. They call like clothes gear. I remember listening to an interview and the guy's like, he wears all the best gear. He's got top gear. And I'm like, what does that mean? I wish we called our clothes gear. I think that's some slang is better over there. hundred percent. All of their slang is better. I agree. Um, I was. Canadians have good slang too. <laughs> no, they don't. Yes, what do they, they do? Have? You ever what hear they, how they call each other beauties? Like, oh, I fucking love this guy. It's a beauty. Well, that's I love cool. that. That they're is also, cool. Instead of saying, this guy was talking shit, they'll say, this guy was chirping me. Real chirping me. Don't like it. Wow. That's good yeah. too. Yes. I guess those are the main two words. No, right. those are good. Those were you've convinced me. Thank I was you. looking at a. I was online shopping for some gear, oh. and there was something called a. It was called a knit jogger, and I was like, "That sounds like a British insult." <laughs> like, oh, you knit jogger. You knit jogger. Like, oh, that like hurt. That like offended me. Like some something in me. Some guy named Nigel. It's like something about it is hateful. Yeah. 
I just thought about the name Nigel because I said some guy named Nig Nigel would have said that to you as you ran by. But yeah, how like you know so much America was founded by England, obviously you know the Great Britain and all that. How come certain names didn't make it over? Like I, I haven't met an American named Nigel or like one of the ones. There's a few other ones like Errol or um, what other one? The Queen. Yeah, the queen. There's no queens. But there's a few English names where I'm like, you don't really meet anyone like that over in America. Maybe it's just Nigel's the first one that popped out in my head. What's another one? Penny's Worth. How come there's no Penny's Worths? Because that is a terrible name. It is a bad one, huh? I guess it's a bad As a first name? Yeah. Nigel Penny's Worth. Jogger. He's a beauty. Jogger. What's a Canadian accent? <clears throat> a. Yeah, it? but they have other words about. No, but they, it's, it's like. Um, oh, oh, you no, that's still British. <laughs> no, no, that's Tim Hortons have a coffee, eh? We'll go to Tim Hortons, give a couple donuts and a coffee, eh? That's no, pretty good. Not bad. I'll work on that it. Good. I am surprised that you did it better than I did. I feel like I'm better than you. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I'm not great at accents. I'll, I'll be the first to admit I need to work on my accent game. I tried to do, do an accent recently, and it was really bad. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Do it. Um, What was I trying to say? Like, uh, You want to watch the bad sound like Canadian, actually? I was like, let's watch the Packers. No, that's not good. It's more like that's two Canadians, too. Or like, <laughs> Maybe you're just Canadian. Maybe. Oh, I want to give a shout out to, I've got a Canadian Patreon subscriber. What is up, Linda? I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Linda Mayo, I believe, M-A-Y-O-H. Linda lives up in Winnipeg. Wow. I imagine it is as cold as Chicago is right now. Chicago's got about a foot and a half of snow on the ground. And, we just uh, got a but no one gives a shit about Connecticut. Oh, everyone's just Chicago and Canada. Well, Connecticut's just so nice. I feel like it's isn't like a rich little area in between Boston and New York. Yeah, dude, it's been rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here, here's a fun thing I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Uh, well, two things I was thinking of would be fun little bonus questions. Uh, if you could choose a side effect, like for a drug, like you get to choose your own side effect. What what side effect would you choose? Uh. Tough question. No. Rapid weight loss. Rapid but weight not loss. in not in the glamour areas. No tan, no ass. Uh, that would be the main one. The other one would be like I was gonna say super sex drive, but that's like too. It's exhausting. You can get over yeah. that. <laughs> like you're still sick. <laughs> well, if you could have like a superpower, still... what superpower would you have? If I had a superpower, the ability to like, if two people are arguing and they don't, there, there's no way they're gonna find any resolution. If I snap my fingers, they'll immediately have empathy for the other person Aww. temporarily. So they still have to like, it's not just like a, everyone thinks the same, but for like 10 minutes, you feel what the other person feels. And then after it'll go away, 
and you decide, do I agree now or do I still feel the way that I felt originally? I, like I think that. it's uh, a very, wow, that was a weird burp. I liked it. It had a good echo to it. I feel yeah, like your power burp. is like something like Jean Grey or Professor X would have. They kind oh, of shit. Professor X, that's the guy in the wheelchair, X-Men? Bald guy wheelchair. And then Jean Grey is, don't tell me, Storm? No. Storm no. is... Um, well, Storm sure. It's hard to pronounce, though. Um, Jean Grey's redhead. She can move shit with her mind. She's super powerful. She becomes the Phoenix. That one, I have no idea. Never okay, heard of it. Toby, and he'll educate you on that, because... I'm sure he will. A badass. And she was played by... In, in the latest movie installments... She's played by Sophie Turner from um, Game of Thrones. Oh, I like her. Yeah. Never watched Game of Thrones. Too, really? too much. It's a little bit much. It's dark. It's, there's some really dark parts to it, but it's every episode is like a movie. It's shot so incredibly well, and the, the storylines, and it's very complex, but it's pretty great. And lastly, since you're yes. never going to die, we know you're never yeah. going to. Thank if you, you could choose your own death, how what, what how would you go? Fuck. Something really big. Yeah, like, non non-natural causes. Because natural causes is what everyone would choose. But you want to, you know, something. I would love to be at the end of a performance absolutely bombing. Just really having a bad set. I want there to be maybe like 30 people there. And I want to bomb so bad that I literally die. That's how I would want to go. It's just, it hurts my heart so bad that my jokes are doing so poorly and I mean them so earnestly that my body shuts down. So I like think that would snap, you just get dusted. You just turn into <laughs> disappear like that. Yeah, absolutely vanish on stage that would be very funny to me or i bomb so hard that the club does one of those things where they take like a like a cane and they drag me off stage but they cut my head off <laughs> i think that would be pretty funny See, that one's more i think that would be a good that's like a classic comedy way to go very hilarious yeah i'm not topping that i oh, want to all right. See, I, you kind of want to go in a funny way. Sure. You know? I kind of want to do it where, say, I save a bunch of people, right? And while everyone's cheering for me, a fucking bus just blatter kills me. And everyone's just like, you know, first they're like, you're the best. You're a fucking hero, man. And then the bus just wipes me out. And they're like, oh. And then one of my friends is nearby. And they're like, he always hated public transportation. And that's <laughs> And then everyone kind of feels like he would have loved that line. Loved he would have loved that line. <laughs> he's the best, and then he's the bus. Yeah. That's yeah. uh yeah, I like that for you. I think that fits. It's pretty good. With the bus, I'll be around forever. So you just let me know when you're ready to go. I'll fire up the old engine. Yeah. Plow you down. Bus <laughs> <laughs> <The best> driver. <laughs> oh, man. You don't even make a stop. You're like, tight schedule here. No, dude, we got to go. We got shit to do. I'm going to kill you, then I got to go pick up whoever I got to pick up. That's the job. 
don't think it's Seinfeld episode where he takes a Kramer, drives the bus, and he goes, and then I knock the guy out at the next stop. And Jerry's like, you kept making the stops? Well, people kept bringing the barrel. Like, <laughs> God damn it. You know what? It's 10 o'clock in Chicago, 11 p.m. in New York. Let's go watch a rerun of Seinfeld. And, That's and awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> Samantha, thank you so much again for uh, sticking around for some bonus. I oh, really appreciate it. I'm glad you're on on your way to recovery. Me too, man. I hopefully when I'm recovered, everything will be normal again and things will be like nothing ever happened. Well, you just forget. It will be. I can't wait to see your set when you come back too. Fucking live stream that. You'll make a fortune. Oh God, I would. People would be so nice about it. <laughs> I could take advantage so easily. Milk this shit. <laughs> Milk it. <laughs> excellent advice excellent podcast thank you for having me all right thanks a lot <laughs>